Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 102, Consistent Dedication to the Mundane. That's right, today we are continuing our season one of how to create and develop and run a developmental swim program. This is a competitive swim team focusing on the beginners. And today's episode is the third in the series for consistent dedication to the mundane. Join me today as we look into how this applies to you setting up your developmental swim practices. That's right, today we are talking about the consistent dedication to the mundane. And this is, again, our continuing series on how to create fun and effective developmental swim practices. And this is oriented towards people that are looking to begin starting their own developmental swim practice or coaching career or coming up with their own program for an established uh, swim team. Uh, This comes from... 15 years of swimming, uh, swim coaching practice, and uh, eight of those years as a head developmental coach, uh, where I coached for four days a week and weekends for swim meets um, for the last eight years. And this comes out of a a series of failures, help, guidance, and um, just trial and error over time uh, with a deliberate focus on learning how to improve each day. So today we're talking about the consistent dedication to the mundane, and that is, as simply as I can put it, it is ensuring that you and your coaches are consistently, so all the time, dedicated to mundane tasks like streamline. Now, when I look at uh, developmental swim practices, this is the first thing I look at, are the kids doing a streamline on every attempt. So at every wall, do they streamline correctly? That is locked thumb, squeezed ears, and looking down. Um, And the ears can be squeezed or the back of the head squeezed, but the thumb must be locked hand over hand and the head aiming at the bottom of the pool. And if I'm not seeing this, the first thing I do is then look at the coaches. Did they see that this didn't happen? And if they did, Why didn't they stop the swimmer and say something? So this is a pretty fundamental coaching uh, requirement, which is there has to be some sort of consistent dedication on the coaching staff on these mundane skills that must be done every time perfectly. Uh, And failure is expected and allowed and, in fact, encouraged, and you should be encouraging it. We're going to get into failure in a a further episode, but there has to be some establishment of habit. So uh, this is building on the framework that you've created in the previous episode. So uh, if you have gone and established your plan and where you're going and you have your routine, so you have your framework and how you're going to structure your, your practices, Now we're talking about how you're actually going to enforce and what are you going to spend your coaching energy on? And it's called the Pareto principle. It's where you put the majority of your effort into the 20% of things that garnish or deliver 80% of the results. So if you have 10 items for sale and two of them bring in 80% of your revenue, you should focus on those two things. And this is what we're going to apply this to swimming. And that's going to be, what are the things that we can focus on to get the best improvements in our swimmers' swimming ability so that they can progress quickly 
and well. Uh, and in my mind, the easiest thing for someone to focus on is streamline. And if you are consistently dedicated to improving the mundane skill of streamline in all of your swimmers all the time, you're going to be better at teaching them other more complicated skills consistently over time. So it's kind of a bellwether or a weather vane for describing and for learning how to be an effective swim coach. And being dedicated to the mundane, like a streamline, does two things. It establishes habit, so both for the coaches and the swimmers, and it instills discipline. So it provides hard work that leads to precise body control, which leads to better swimming, which leads to faster times in a swim meet uh, and being a better athlete and generally just being a better person. So there are a couple of things that I can direct you to. Uh, the first one is uh, a blog post called Finding Deliberate Practice. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's the episode number 52, Swimming is a Habit. That's a podcast episode. And episode number 67, Deliberate Practice. And you can get a little bit more in-depth into how our structure and how the developmental swim programs can provide deliberate practice and how you can provide deliberate practice in a swim and lesson. And then how swimming is a habit. It is itself a habit, um, which I think is a really cool uh, episode that to, worth looking into. So your framework and your routine at this point should be reinforcing the key things that you want to accomplish with your swimmers. So what I mean by that is you've set up, you've, you've identified, you know, where do you want to go? How do you want to structure your developmental program? Where do you want them to be before they move on to your age group or your more competitive program. Um, so what's the progress going to be? How are they going to go from here to here, uh, from swim lessons to developmental to competitive? And then you, you're going to set up your routine or your structure or how you are your framework for your practices. You know, are you going to do a warm up and then the question of the day and then you're going to do the activity, activity challenge. And how's that going to look and what's that going to look like? Now it's time to start doing, okay, well, what do I do during the practices? What is the coach role? What do they do while the kids are swimming, while they're taking their turns, while they're having their attempts at five times, do a streamline plus a flip? You know, why is that important? Why is streamline explicitly stated in there? And then what is my role? What do I have to be doing? What you should be doing is giving feedback to your swimmers interacting with them, speaking to them, telling them what they did and how they can improve on their next attempt. And ideally, having a coach or coaches see every attempt of every swimmer and give them a feedback on every attempt to every swimmer. Now, this is a tall order. It's a more difficult thing to do. Uh, if you are breaking up into smaller groups, that helps. And if you have a small enough facility, you can have them in each lane taking their turns and you can be saying something to each person as they go, whether even if it's just a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a lock your thumb or a squeeze yours or whatever it is. So your framework and your routine, this is a next part in it. It should dovetail or hook into those further things. Everything is kind of reciprocal. It kind of goes back as a circle back into it. So your dedication to the mundane is going to fit back into the the structure of your program 
Uh, and then it all kind of loops into itself and then builds and builds and builds so you have a successful swimmer at the end of it. So my goals, when, I, when I'm... Well, let's talk about where my goals are and then we'll get into what the coaches are doing or should be doing or you should be doing on the pool deck when it comes to Streamline. So I'm going to use Streamline here as an example and, and pretty much the framework for everything here. So I have three goals that I want to get out of my coaching as a developmental swim coach. The first one is that I want to instill in every swimmer during their time on the developmental team and beyond, I want everyone to have an excellent streamline habit that they do a streamline without thinking of it immediately, automatically, every time they push off the wall. I want it to be such a habit that if a swimmer pushes off the wall and does not streamline, that they feel physically uncomfortable because it's like putting a seatbelt on when you're driving. If you don't put the seatbelt on, you should feel naked and weird. It should be the same if a swimmer forgets to streamline. They should like like ants crawling on their skin or mosquitoes stabbing them in the in the wrist. Like it should be very uncomfortable to not streamline. That's my goal. I want every person have to have a lifelong habit of streamline, even when they're 30, 40, 50, 60, and haven't swum a lap in 20 years. I want them to get in and immediately streamline because they physically cannot do it without feeling wrong. That, that's that's my, the, my level of dedication to streamline. And, and I think that's a super important thing because it's establishing with this very crucial, simple skill immediately right off the bat that it has to be done all the time, every time, perfectly. The next goal I have for my developmental swimmers, and we'll talk about how these lead into the consistent dedication to my day, is a feeling of excellence is expected. So the, the swimmer should have this feeling that excellence from them is expected, but they are allowed to fail, they're allowed to improve, and they're allowed to progress through their failures. So I want the swimmers to get the sense that the coaches want them to be really good. I want them to feel watched. I want them to feel that they're not excellent swimmers yet, but if they listen, they participate, they give us effort, they're going to be. That's that a feeling of excellence is expected. The feeling of the swimmers should feel, they should feel that excellence is expected of them but that they're allowed to fail, improve, and progress because they're not quite excellent yet. And then I want, the third goal is uh, swimmers should feel watched, celebrated, and encouraged to improve through feedback, attention, and coaching. Coaching in the, in little, the literal, literal sense of I'm coaching you to do this a specific way, as in you are doing this, I know that you can be better, and here's how you can be better. That, that's like the, the what coaching is. So those are the three goals that, you know, everyone should have an excellent streamline habit, that they should physically feel weird if they don't streamline, that the swimmers should feel that there's an expectation of excellence by the coaches, and that they are being coached to improve, and that while they're at practice, they're not being ignored, they're being paid attention to, and that the coaches have a vested interest in their improvement, and they give feedback and attention to every swimmer 
so that they feel like they are being coached by that person. So how do we get to those? How do, how do we act on those goals? And then how do we, how does that relate to the consistent dedication to the mundane? So always paying attention to the simple skills and actions. And what is your behavior going to be on deck? And what is that going to look like? So um, let's look at activity. So this would be activity number one. Five times do a streamline with the front flip. We have three people in each lane. We have three lanes. I'm going to stand to the side near the flags so I can see all three lanes. Each person will go one at a time. When they get to the flags, they're going to move across the lane and return to their line. And the next person can take their turn when the way is clear. So when the person ahead of them has moved across the black line, the lane line in the middle of the lane. So that way we're establishing the rotation method here. So if you're familiar with that, the rotation method is happening. So it's like circle swimming, but a very short distance between the wall and the flags. So three people are going to streamline at the same time, and then at the surface, do a front flip without taking a breath. Now, you can pretty easily look at each of those three all at the same time. You can see each one and get a feel for if they're doing the streamline correctly or not. And then you should give feedback based on the quality of that streamline. A thumbs up. Or you can focus on those three essential key steps of a streamline. Lock your thumb, squeeze yours, and look down. And give feedback based on those three things. And then you watch the next group. And you give feedback to them. And then the next group. And the next group. And then you're doing this over and over for each of those five attempts. That is the dedication to the mundane. You're watching everybody do a streamline and giving them feedback on the quality of that streamline. Now, this is a staple developmental one activity that you can do and paying attention to that streamline right off the bat is teaching them how to do this very simple but unique skill then activity number two would be streamline plus three freestyle strokes and then move over and go back in line again using the rotation method and short distances You'll stay in the same spot, somewhere near the flag, so you can see all three lanes without turning your head. And you're going to give feedback on their streamline and their freestyle strokes. But again, you're paying attention to that streamline, and you're demanding through your feedback and your explicitness, and you're doing a streamline first, and then you're doing three freestyle strokes. You have to be explicit in what you want. Um, you're, you're paying attention to this mundane skill, which is streamline. You're verbalizing it as this is what you're doing in this activity. You're doing a streamline and three freestyle strokes. As opposed to saying, we're going to do three freestyle. Because then it's like, okay, well, they don't have to do a streamline. They can just push off in airplane or in position 11 or not streamline, which is like, The hands are close together, but they're not touching. The elbows are bent. They're not straight. You know, that like half weird, like mockery of a streamline that people do. That can happen because you haven't explicitly said you're going to do a streamline and then three freestyle strokes. So you have to be explicit in what you're saying. This is, again, that consistent dedication to the mundane. You have to remember that you have to spell out specifically what you want them to do. And then you can't just instruct them to do it. You have to follow up on what they're doing. So I'm telling like the instruction is the activity is streamline plus three free. 
if the swimmer doesn't do a streamline, they do something else, the coach has to tell them that. They have to hold them accountable to what they've done. And if they didn't do a streamline, they're not doing the activity correctly, they're not paying attention to that mundane skill, which is streamline, they need to correct it and do it correctly. So how can we improve upon someone's freestyle breathing if they can't do a simple skill like streamline when they push off the wall? And, I'm, I, you know, it's getting a little, like, a little stretch there, but it's important. Like, we have to have an effective streamline, and that kind of ties into that feeling of excellence, that the expectation of excellence, that feeling of being watched and celebrated and encouraged to improve through feedback, and having everyone learn how to do a streamline, because that'll carry over. Then, you know, oh, I know how to streamline. Well, now I'm going to work on freestyle, and I'm going to put my hand in position 11 on every arm stroke. That's 20 arm strokes every 25 that they're doing, or 30 arm strokes. Those are 30 opportunities for reinforcement of, an, of important behavior. And it's a little un, 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 it's a little overbearing to correct every arm stroke. Uh, it's not overbearing to correct every stream. If you're doing a 50, it's two at, it's two, two at points on the entire swim, but they're crucial points because it's a habit that we're trying to develop. And it's this mundane skill that if you're skipping this mundane skill, how can we expect that you're going to pay attention to the important, more important ones like the correct breathing timing on butterfly or the more difficult things like um, uh, doing a 200 freestyle with the correct type of mental behavior in your race? Are you going to uh, sprint the first 50 and then waste your energy instead of uh, building the first 50 and then really focusing on sprinting the third 50 because we know uh, typically the swimmers will have their first 50 as their fastest, their second 50 as their, their second fastest, their third 50 as the slowest, and the fourth as the third fastest. So we want to bring down that aberrant 50, that third 50, because it's mentally difficult to do fast on that one. So we tell them to build the first 100 and then sprint that third 50 because we know that'll reduce their time overall because they'll have the exhilaration of the last 50 to carry them through and it'll eventually be faster anyways. But that's the kind of mental discipline that we're going to get to in advanced swimming. But we need to have streamline as our, 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 our base before we can even get to that point because they're not going to listen to us on the how to structure a 200 freestyle if they can't focus on a streamline. So being consistently dedicated to the mundane skills as a coach is a really important thing in establishing excellence, establishing habit, establishing that the swimmers are being watched and celebrated and encouraged to improve. You have to be doing stuff, and that is focusing on the mundane. So if you see something, if you see someone not doing a streamline, you have to say something. You can't watch someone not streamline and let it go. So that requires two things here. Number one, that you're paying attention to the water and the swimmers in it. And number two is that you're intervening or taking action when you see something that needs to be corrected. You are doing things, which is using your voice and your feedback to enact physical change in somebody else. So I'm going to say to that swimmer, stop, you forgot to streamline, and then I have a choice. I'm either going to make them go back and do a streamline again, or I'm going to say, next time you must do a streamline. I'm going to watch it 
see if they did, and then give them feedback based on it. Maybe that's a thumbs up, maybe it's a thumbs down. But there has to be this, this atmosphere that the swimmers are being watched and that they have an expectation of improving their behaviors. So to do that, the coaches need to avoid socializing or standing in one spot, like at the corner of the pool and just watching with their arms crossed or talking to the assistant coach that's next to them and having a conversation and ignoring the swimmers in the water. Now, there's some times that you can do that. If you're doing a kick set or it's like a, a recovery 200 or something like that and you're not, you know, it's a, a steam blower or a, a simple aerobic set or something, like there are times when you can do that, but the majority of the time, and I would even argue all the time, the developmental swim coaches need to be the most active coaches on your pool deck. They need to be the ones that are aggressively pursuing the swimmers in opportunities for them to improve, the swimmers to improve. And that means paying attention to the swimmers in the water and interacting with them on a consistent, like pretty much the entire time and not talking to each other or remaining in one spot. Um, some exceptions, if you need to rest or something, you know, that makes sense. So if you are, so I'm expecting the swimmers to be excellent. So if I'm expecting excellence, then excellence is expected of me as a swim coach as well. And I can't just be like, okay, I need you to do this perfectly, but I'm not going to tell you how, I'm not going to give you feedback, I'm not going to tell you when you've done it wrong, I'm not going to even give you guidance on how to do it correctly. You can't just say be excellent and do no work to get someone else to be better. You have to follow through with your feedback, your language, your words, your your attention to get them to improve. And that means if you see something, you have to say something. If there's an opportunity to fix something, fix it. Uh, and then, well, you know, eventually you get into the like, well, is this the right time to do it? Like, that's a decision I'll let you make. But there needs to be interaction. There needs to be consistent focus on these mundane skills because if you're not reinforcing these mundane skills, they won't do them correctly because they won't be enforced and they'll know they're not enforced and they won't do them because they'll think it's easier to not do a streamline even though it is easier to streamline. It's baked into the word. And that kind of goes in the next one. So enforce what you want to have done. And if you're not enforcing it, it means that it's acceptable behavior. So if you're going to tell your developmental swimmers to do a 100 uh, position one kick and breathe to, this, to this, uh, the, the side that is away from their arm. So position is one is just like Superman flying. It's one arm ab above their head, face down. It's like position 11, but with one arm. And the other arm is at the, their hips. And they do flutter kick. When they need to breathe, they should breathe away from the arm that is above their head just like they would in a freestyle stroke. If they are turning their head into their armpit and breathing towards the arm that's above their head, they're doing it wrong. And if you don't enforce or correct that, then that's acceptable behavior to that person. And they're like, oh, well, I've been doing this for weeks and no one's ever said anything. And it's like, well, how did that happen? It's like, well, because the coaches weren't doing their job, which is being excellent coaches, which is not socializing and standing in one spot. And it's, if you see something to fix, saying something to fix it. So enforce what you want them to do because non-enforcement is actually saying that's correct behavior. 
if you see someone that doesn't streamline and you don't stop them or you don't correct them on their failed streamline attempt, then streamline isn't important to you. And that means they don't have to do a streamline. That means when they get to a swim meet, they can push off the wall any way they want and start swimming. Even knowing that streamline is faster than that. So you have to enforce what you want done. And along with that, along with this consistent dedication to mundane, is knowing when to back off. So you can still say something without demeaning the swimmer or making someone feel bad. Uh, You can still say, you didn't streamline, uh, in a way that someone who's heard that a thousand times won't be upset. And some swimmers, they'll know. They, They know they didn't streamline, but they're kind of testing you to see if you will call them out on it. So you can say it two ways, and it's the same thing. You can say, you didn't streamline, next time streamline. And that comes across as pretty strong and gruff and rude. Um, and sometimes that works. And sometimes you need to have that variability in your tone and your the way you're coming across in order to get results. Other times you can say, you didn't streamline. And then the kid nods and you smile at them. And then you say, next time, streamline. And then you smile and they smile and then they do it correctly. You know, there's different ways you can say the same thing and interact with them. You can be like, hey, what happened to your streamline that time? You didn't do it. And they're like, oh, I know, I forgot. I was blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you got to do it every time. Like, don't let it happen every single time, streamline. Say streamline a thousand times in each practice. So, you know, And I'm using streamline because this is what I focus on. And I think that an effective streamline leads to better swimming overall. Um, because if they're not doing streamline, they're not paying attention to this mundane skill. How are, how can we trust them to pay attention to the other feedback that we're giving them? So if you're not saying streamline a thousand times in a swim practice, when I'm evaluating your program, I'm going to be like, dude, nobody's streamlined and you have 12-year-olds you know, missing state cuts or, or regional cuts. It's like have them streamline and they'll get those cuts. And then they'll be more focused on deliberate practice and building habit and they'll be better swimmers overall. So that's it. That, that's, that's the mundane. The mundane is things like streamline. It's things like turning your head to the side to breathe. It's things like not breathing on the first stroke after a flip turn. It's things like um, swimming backstroke with your chin in the correct position. It's, it's doing a glide on every stroke cycle of breaststroke. It's using your hips to drive the motion of butterfly. It's breathing every second stroke on butterfly. These are all mundane things that are crucial components into the overall whole of swimming. Uh, It's touching the wall with both hands on breaststroke. It's touching the wall with one hand. It's touching the wall in a swim set. You know, not stopping at the T-mark and standing up and being like, oh, I'm done. It's like, no, you're not done. Touch the wall, touch the wall, touch the wall. So you have to enforce this mundane behavior in order to establish this expectation of excellence and to have your swimmers feel watched and celebrated. Okay, that's it. I'm going to say take care, everybody. Um, And we'll move on to our next episode in this feature. And I want to thank you for joining me today. And tomorrow, we can teach better lessons together. Thanks.